I am hosting a retreat in Tulum, Mexico, in paradise this October called Bloom in Tulum. It's a five-day, all-inclusive, personal and professional growth retreat for ambitious, big-hearted women who are ready to step into their power with grace, support, and confidence. So my two biz besties and I dreamed up this magical retreat over sushi a few months back, and after lots of planning, it's actually happening. We have mapped out a thoughtful itinerary with lots of downtime to make the most of this beautiful paradise beachside location and also set you up for a powerful and memorable experience of growth. There's only 20 spots available and all three of us are promoting it to our full community. So that's like over 50,000 people. So I imagine the spots will fill very quickly. If you are interested in joining us in Bloom and Tulum, go to bloomintulum.com for all the details and to complete your application. Also know that early bird pricing ends on June 30th. So it's a really good time to secure your spot and save some money. I mean, honestly, like how fun would it be to hang out in person at a gorgeous, luxurious, all-inclusive in October? So head to Bloom in Tulum. That's B-L-O-O-M in Tulum. T-U-L-U-M. Bloomintulum.com for all the details and complete your application. Take that leap of faith. I mean, I'm taking leaps all the time. And sometimes I just fall flat on my face and that's okay. I mean, that's how we learn. And, and that is something I need to model to my kids. Like, yeah, sometimes mm -hmm. mom does crazy things and I have a crazy idea and it doesn't work out. And so what move on. I mean, I don't want them to be afraid of failure or needing them to think that you have to be perfect out of the gates. Like that's, that's how you get better. Right. Is, is through just trial and error. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 288. Today, we're talking about parenting kids with neurological differences with Liza Blass. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confidence kids. Welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast. I'm so glad you are here and I'm excited to connect with you again and, and welcome to you. Of course, if you are a brand new listener, this is awesome. So good to connect with you. I talk to great people who have amazing things to help mindful parents here and today is no exception. Today I'm talking to Liza Blass, host of the Very Happy Stories podcast and she's an empowerment coach and she shares with us her story about raising kids with some really unique circumstances like chronic illnesses, neurodiversity and mental illness. We're going to talk about ticks and Lyme disease. If this is summer for you and it's summer for me, we're picking out ticks off our kids all the time. We're going to be talking about that. And you're going to hear some really important words about how to go from surviving to thriving under really challenging circumstances. So some important takeaways I want you to listen for are that, you know, if mom is happy, everyone is happy. Their groundedness, their emotional regulation, all of that stems on your emotional regulation. You are the core of the family and your emotional regulation really, really matters. Also hear about, you know, how symptoms of viruses can exist in the body, can be triggered by a weakened immune system, and trusting yourself and taking some, some leaps of faith yeah, so I'm excited for you to dive into this episode and join me. Before we dive in, you know, so many of you have asked me about taking this deeper with Mindful Parenting membership. So I thought I'd share just a couple of recent member wins. And I'm going to give a great shout out to Allie, who's been very constant with her meditation practice. And she can pause now instead of going crazy, which is so awesome. You know, that is a huge step. It really is powerful and it really 
really is the game changer. It's like the how do we get to the better ways to respond? We get it by that. So that's so, so powerful. Kimberly has seen some wins in her older children. You know, she's giving them some space and she is noticing they can talk more openly with each other and she's building that connection with them. So recently talked about like, when is the ideal time to get parenting support? And one of the takeaways is it's never, never too late. Never too late. So if you are interested in taking this deeper and ready to change your family life for the better, get the support, the community, the lifelong personal coaching that you need, then check it all out at mindfulparentingcourse.com. You can get on the wait list there and that's mindfulparentingcourse.com. Get on the wait list and we'll send you some information and let you know when we are opening the doors again. All right, so let's not delay any further. Let's dive into this episode with Lisa Blass. Liza, thank you so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because we've had questions about like neuroatypical kids and kids with special needs in a lot of different formats, like in the Mindful Parenting membership. I've got a number of parents um, who have kids with special needs and, and all kinds of challenges. And, and you got a couple, right? Like you got a couple of kids with some special needs. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about what your, what your, um, what is your situation? Well, I'm raising two kids mm-hmm. and they both are twice exceptional. So they are two wee kids with, you know, very, very bright children with some challenges and um, learning differences. Um, and for my daughter, it's really being challenged with um, mental illness, severe anxiety and depression. Um, so we've, you know, we work through those challenges too. And both of my kids also have chronic Lyme disease and mold exposure, which actually is hand in hand for a lot of people. So we, um, kind of work in multiple buckets (laughs) and, um, and yeah, they both, they both have, and they're both, and their challenges are so unique. You know, not every two kid is the same at all. And also when you have Lyme disease, it presents different in each individual person. So, um, yeah, that's, that's our home and our life. Like I was saying, that whole Lyme disease conversation just scares me because my father has chronic Lyme disease and he has neuropathy in his hands and his feet, meaning he feels like tingling nerve pain in his hands and his feet, like almost all the time. And so this guy who used to like go on hikes and do all these things, like it's hard for him to walk around. Like, you know, he doesn't walk further than a couple blocks, like right. real slowly, you know, and it's, it's really hard for him. I know it's really hard. There's so, there's a lot there, at least, you know, I can, you know, see that there. So you're, how did you discover how did you discover that your kids had some of these challenges? Take us back to like the beginning. Sure. Yeah. I would say five years ago when my children were still in elementary school, it really started with my son. Well, let me actually back up. Both of my kids are highly sensitive. Okay. And have challenges with anxiety and depression and sensory processing stuff. And I only say that I need to preface that because I think it kind of made them a little vulnerable to chronic illness because you're really stressing out your immune system. I guess if you're stressing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. When you're a highly sensitive person, you know, your immune system is, is, worked at double time, you know, um, because you're just stressed. And, um, so I would say in elementary school, it started with my son. And, um, I think in the second grade, he just did everything he could to get out of basketball practice. My leg hurts, but my leg hurts. I can't run. And I really thought at the time, that he was just trying to get out of basketball practice or basketball games. And he wasn't very athletic and he really was that quirky kid. And I, you know, and so I really thought he just 
was trying to get out of it. And we do know today that he really was suffering from joint pain. And, um, so it starts out with that and it starts out with some school refusal. And then again, we knew that he, um, had ADHD, but then he just started becoming chronically ill. He wasn't sleeping. He had sleep apnea that was very bad. So then we did the whole tonsils adenoid thing. He had asthma. He um, constantly had sinus infections. He then also had convergency insufficient where you have ocular processing issues. You can't read your eyes are not teeming. So we did therapy there. So every year, oh Hunter, gosh, it was like so a much. different thing. And he also, then by the time he was in fourth grade, he actually entered his first partial hospitalization program for severe depression, anxiety, and um, school refusal. And I kind of just thought that that was, you know, we just have mental health issues and neurodiversity. Meantime, my daughter then started presenting her own things with chronic fatigue. Like she really just had to go to sleep at like seven o'clock at night. Um, She was having issues breathing. They now call it air hunger. And it, and we just kind of bumped along going to all these different practitioners and trying supplements because they also, their bodies were becoming depleted of nutrients. I didn't know that this was all tied together. I just thought that, you know, we've just, we've got issues. I don't know. You know, I'm just doing my best at trying to address these symptoms. So what ended up happening was my daughter's mental illness became um, serious with an eating disorder and OCD and hallucinations. And we had her on so many different medications that would work and then stop working. And I finally even had her evaluated for schizophrenia because I wanted her to have the best care and the best protocols for what she was experiencing, right? I didn't want to just do cognitive behavioral therapy and all these. I needed to get her the right program, especially for the hallucinations. And it was a friend of a friend who brought it to my attention that this might be Lyme disease. Have you looked into Lyme disease? I have to tell you, Hunter, when she said that to me, I felt at the core, I was terrified because it kind of resonated with me that this might be Lyme. And we already had, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I wanted you to just hold on a second here because like you must have, I mean, as all these things, as like one of these things, any one of these things could be like enough for us to just like go into a whole, you know, tailspin ourselves, like questioning ourselves, questioning our parenting. Are you doing things right? Like, is that all happening for you as this is, as this is going down? Cause I imagine that would be extraordinarily scary. A hundred percent. I cried all the time and I didn't understand why this was happening to my children you know, that they have so many opportunities. They're such bright kids. They're so kind, especially my daughter, like really is like the sweetest, most empathetic person you could ever meet. She just came that way. And I was really, um, I was very depressed about it and I didn't understand what I was doing wrong. Um, And I think what really helped me though, keep everything balanced was the fact that I was still working outside the home. And it was exhausting Mm. to do that and do this double time. But at the same time, it kind of saved me from, and it gave me that break to Mm. tap out Mm. of this struggle, right? And kind of have like this productive escapism um, and something else to ground me because it could have been 
24 seven, but I did find ways to still, um, reshift my focus and my energy. And I actually think that was a very positive thing to do. Wow. Yeah. I could see that. Like if you're in that 24 seven and as you know, we're like in the United States anyway, we just like, we all live in our own little separate bubbles. We don't have like, you know, mom and three aunties and uncles and things all around us to help, you know, share the burden of parenting. So you're, so yeah, I think working outside the home, that's an amazing way to kind of keep yourself balanced, even though you must've been. For me, that's what, what helps exhausting. me keep balance. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense because if you're in it 24 seven, it's just, that's too much. Wow. So, oh my gosh, joint pain, ocular processing, depression, yeah. anxiety, sleep issues, chronic fatigue, mental <laughs> illness, eating yeah. disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, hallucinations. What? Oh my gosh. So your Mm -hmm. friend, so a friend of a friend suggested Lyme disease. Yeah. And, and so you started to look into it and were you like, I mean, had you, you know, spent a lot of time like in the woods, you know, in the, you know, I mean, I don't know, you know, and I'm worried about this too, because like we need to be in out in nature too, you know. Like this is. I know we need to be earthing. To, yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, 100%. so so take us back to, into your story and tell us about yeah. when you discovered the Lyme disease, or so, you, you learned about it. We are supported by Melon Headwear. These hats are perfect for Father's Day. They are built to be in and around water. They last five times longer than any other hat. They're naturally antimicrobial properties. It doesn't, sweat doesn't break down the hat. No sweat stains, no smell ever. It's built for the water. We tested it tubing on the Brandywine River and it was fabulous. It even floats when it drops in the water. It doesn't lose shape. It is amazing. An incredible, comfortable fit. Use code MINDFUL at checkout for 30% off your order. If you're trying to figure out a Father's Day gift, honestly, trust me, this is exactly what they want. Go to melon.com, that's M-E-L-I-N.com, and use the code MINDFUL at checkout for 30% off. Melon rarely offers discounts, so don't miss this opportunity. It is, I swear, the perfect Father's Day gift. Premium headwear, melon.com. Use the code mindful for 30% off. We are sponsored by Midi Health. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, vaginal dryness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. All of these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around perimenopause and menopause. And the experts at Midi Health understand what you're experiencing and how to help. Midi clinicians are menopause experts dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions. Midi care is covered by insurance, and with Midi Health, you can stop pushing through it all alone. Schedule a virtual visit to discuss your symptoms and health background in depth. You'll come out of the experience feeling heard and with a plan to start feeling better. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Joinmidi.com. So interesting. My daughter actually did go to camp two summers and had told me she had pulled a tick off of her um, on maybe two occasions. And um, so, and that kind of did line up for her that did line up for when her mental illness took a huge turn, right? Mm -hmm. Into OCD and eating disorder, which Hunter is not uncommon for Mm. people that have Lyme disease and have neuro Lyme, not uncommon. And so- Actually, you know what? My kid's first babysitter- (laughs) Yeah. My kid's first babysitter is an amazing kid. Amazing. And then she, she was, we loved her. She was great. And she, she ended up, we discovered that she had Lyme disease, but she, uh, she had an, she like got incredibly thin with like an anorexia eating disorder. Then she got heavy 
she was having neuro, neuro neurological yeah. issues from her, her yeah. Lyme. So I've seen this in, yeah. in my own life too. So it's a real thing. And that's kind of what makes Lyme so difficult to diagnose and treat is it literally could be a million different things for people. I have two kids with Lyme and they present completely different. Right. So, um, so anywho, my, I did, so because we had been struggling with our health for so long, I had a Chinese medicine doctor that we'd already been working with. And when I asked her to test my daughter for Lyme, she was like, oh my gosh, Liza, I don't know why we haven't done this already. And really had a special kit because there's a bunch of different Lyme tests out there and they're not very accurate. And so I did do this test called the Igenix test. They are one of the gold standards in Lyme because they catch everything. There's so many different kinds of bacteria, so many different co-infections. And I did the full test and she came back positive. And after she came back positive, I checked my son. And he was positive too. So I think, I know, so it it does go into like, where do they catch it? And that goes back to the immune system. So you could catch a Lyme without a bullseye rash from ticks. They've also been known for other means of transmission, spider bites, even some mosquitoes. If you have a weak immune system, your body can't fight those pathogens off. Whereas a person with a very healthy immune system can, can fight those things off. And so this is why you'll see people get bit at like six years old and then they're in college and they're stressed out and they're in a different living environment. And then all of a sudden their bodies can't fight off the Lyme bacteria anymore. And this is a very, very common thing that happens. So if somebody maybe with a weak immune system gets bit by a tick or a spider or a mosquito. Okay. But anyway, if someone with a a weak immune system gets Lyme, then they may not get the bullseye rash, which is a sign of our body fighting it off. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, only a very small percentage of people ever display a bullseye rash, very, very small percentage. And your body could be fighting the bacteria off just fine. And you'll just live this normal life. And then maybe something happens, like you lose your job, you get a divorce, you're in medical school, and your immune system is now working against emotions and stress, and you're double stressed, and now your body can't fight that bacteria, and then you're presenting with Lyme. This is actually what happens more often than not. So Lyme is living in our bodies generally all this time. It sounds like to me, like, you know, I like a bazillion other people in the country, uh, got the herpes virus at some point along the way in college. And then anyway, but this past, um, spring during when the pandemic started and all this stuff happened and stress, you know, I, I got stress and, you know, I, apparently that virus like caused me to have, um, you know, it was, I, I got, um, what it's like dizzy. I, I, I started like vertigo, vertigo. Yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. And I was like, where is this coming from? But it was like from a virus that I, that was ages and ages, you know, it was like it's, 20 it years old thing. in my body, you know, it's crazy. Hunter, it's the same thing. It is just your body had been fighting it off. You had that strong immune system at that time. So even, um, after women have babies and that's a lot of stress, mm-hmm. then your Lyme or your autoimmune can start flaring up. It's the same huh. principle. Huh. Oh my! God. And that's why I wanted to start with my kids are highly sensitive people. Mm-hmm. And so it just hit them so much younger. And um, the stress of being neurodivergent in a traditional classroom for some children is enough stress to weaken the immune system. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So what did you, what have you done then since then to, to deal with the line? What are you, what are you doing to help with that? So we, again, they're two different people presenting in two different ways. And so my daughter's was much more severe. I think she had some pathogens and then got hit at camp. So she really was the, she was the 15 year old child on a cane 
Um, you know, and, um, even through treatment, treatment is so hard. It's so interesting because, you know, when people found out my kids had Lyme, especially my daughter, they would say, Oh, so she's in treatment now. Is she so much better? And We're the hoping, right? Is, yeah. It's like, no, because the treatment is hard. I mean, the treatment is very hard on the body. You know, I'm not going to go so far as to compare it to chemotherapy, but I mean, it is hard. It is you, when you start killing off this bacteria, you experience something called die off and now your symptoms are worse. So I actually, for my daughter, ultimately ended up taking her to Mexico at this wonderful place called the San Aviv Medical Institute. And she went through a whole program called whole body hyperthermia, where oh. they heat your body up to 108, holds you there wow. for a while. And it kills, um, it kills Lyme. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I got to look into yeah. this for my dad. You do. I mean, it's amazing. Oh, you should. And so it's a two week protocol. They do a lot of other things too. They, they throw everything at it. Um, hyperbaric chamber, um, ozone, and she is doing much better, but we are still working through her mold exposure. It kind of go hand in hand. So she's doing so, so much better. I think we brought down her load significantly, but she still has, you know, a lot of other things that she needs to work on. My son is a different, going down a different road. We're more into natural now, um, natural remedies, natural herbs, a lot of detox, working on his mold too. But to, but honestly, they are both doing so, so much better. And, um, you know, we've all learned a lot through this journey. I would definitely say though, they're functioning. Whereas there was a point where they were not. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a ride you are mm -hmm. on Liza. My gosh. I mean, you know, it's interesting, like, uh, you know, for you to have, gone through this and, and this is, this can probably like take, you know, it takes up, I mean, this is the, this is a, a driver for you to do the work, right? You have the Absolutely. very, very happy stories podcast. Tell me about, tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that podcast was born out of quarantine, right? Mm -hmm. Like so many ventures. And, um, so during this time with my kids, like I mentioned of one thing after another, struggling for so many years, I literally wrote down my story mm -hmm. because it, so there were two things that kept me going. One, I was still working outside of the home and I have to tell you, Hunter, I needed that income because all of these things cost oh, so much money. Um, and, um, I was a commercial real estate broker for many years and to process all of the pain, I literally wrote in my journal every day. That's how I processed. And so, um, I remember being in a therapist appointment with my daughter and, um, I actually told the therapist, I'm afraid that my daughter doesn't want to be happy, you know, that she identifies mm. so much as being this like depressed, sick person. Mm. And he said, well, what do you think, Avery? Do you think you want to be happy? And she said, yes, I want to be happy. And he asked her, well, what would make you happy? And she said, well, I would be happy if my mom was happy. Uh, and I was like, I I'm happy. And he's like, she doesn't think so. And I really had to take a step back. And I asked the therapist, I'm like, so if I'm happy, she'll be happy. And he said, looks like it. And I really had to reevaluate. I'm not happy because I actually set this narrative for so many years that I'll be happy if my kids are just happy and healthy. And the problem with that narrative is my kids were not happy and they were not healthy and it wasn't their fault. And I was putting so much pressure on them to just be happy and healthy so that I could be happy. And I really had to invert the whole dynamic that for her to be happy and healthy, I have to be happy and healthy. And it led me on a journey of like, well, what would make me happy? Like, aside from them, what would really make me happy? And I was like, I really want to share my story. Storytelling brings me happiness. 
I light up. It's such a therapeutic process. And I just got the idea of like, I'm going to share my story through a podcast. I'm a very audio person. And, um, I then just got behind a microphone and started sharing my story and it would light me up. And the happier I became, the whole dynamic in my house changed. I just want to like underline that right there because like, let's just stop, dear listener, you and I, dear listener, audio people I too, I know we are here. So let's just underline this Liza story that it it wasn't her kid's job. It wasn't their responsibility to give her happiness, right? So we think, oh, it doesn't matter how I feel or what, if my needs are met, whatever, if, if just my kids are, but it's not their job to make you happy. It's not their job to like please you and fulfill you in life. Um, that's not their job. That's too much pressure on our kids. And you may have kids like, my gosh, your kids had enough pressure on them, right? <laughs> like right. to do enough other things. And their, your happiness as a mom is what, you know, it's like, that's contagious, right? If you, you know, they're struggling, they don't need someone else who's struggling around them. They need somebody who's like a solid mountain, who's peaceful, who's grounded, who can help them see, find the light in their lives, right? If you're all in, if you're only in darkness, like that's not going to help them. That's uh, amazing. Your daughter had a lot of wisdom. I love that you were able to, to see that and come to that. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Yes. It's, it was such a game changer that, um, and it was such, I had really had to take pause Hunter and think, wait, what would make me happy? I mean, have we ever all sat down and explored that outside of our children? What will make us happy? That's where all the work is. That's where all my work was in helping my kids. I had to find out what would make me happy and act on it and get my happy on. And it just so happened to be storytelling, sharing my story, doing the podcast, putting all the energy and focus into making myself happy and healthy. And when I did that, there was really such an energetic shift in my home um, of just a more pleasant vibration, a more capable 
vibration. Um, and that's how I was better able to serve my kids from a different lens. Mm. Oh my gosh. So do you, do you, um, are you single parent? Are you parenting with somebody else? Um, that's such a great question. (laughs) I love that question. I, I parent with my husband and I did feel like a single parent for a long time. Mm. And it really wasn't even my husband's fault. It was, I went through those years, those five years of constantly one thing after another, not properly working with my partner. Like we Mm. weren't partnering in this journey. I think that I was in such fix it mode, fix them mode. And he, he didn't know what kind of mode he was in, but he really kind of wasn't on board And instead of collaborating with each other and working together, and my husband was also very busy traveling every week. Um, So I found it very frustrating to constantly bring him up to speed. So I kind of kicked him off the bus, (laughs) you know, when I even like drove the whole thing by myself, which became completely exhausting and depleting and wasn't, it was not a very successful plan. Mm -hmm. And when, um, when I did bring him back onto the team, um, which was before we hit Lyme, the Lyme disease diagnosis, you know, he was already on board. Things became so much easier. Um, so that was such a good question. You could tag out. You you could finally tag out. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like you, grew up like the, when the way you were parented and the way you were raised, did you grow up with a mom who drank that mommy martyr Kool-Aid? And so therefore you had a bit of that. I definitely think so. I grew up, my parents came from the Philippines. So I don't know if they're first generation, I'm first generation, but I was definitely like the first American, you know, growing up here. And so my parents were very fear-based parenting tactics, right? So I just wasn't allowed to do things because they were afraid. Like the easiest way for them not to feel afraid is just to say no. No, you can't go. No, you can't do that. Um, And so, but I did did have some of that fear-based parenting style. And I think that that's where I went when my children were very young. And because of our journey, I've, I've had to change, right? I've had to go with more of a love-based tactic and, um, coming from intentions and exploring their intentions, being empathetic, having more compassion, all that good stuff. Um, and I, I really think it's the journey and the struggle of my kids that helped me get there. Wow. Okay. So, so yeah, a fear-based parenting style. I mean, I can imagine it's a lot of like a lot of restriction, a lot yes. of control, control. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot mm-hmm. of control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of control. And, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, Liza. So, I love, I just want to underline again, that narrative, like you had this idea in your head, I'll be happy if my kids are happy and healthy, but your daughter needed, needed you to be needed you to like, look at your own happiness. Um, yeah, I wasn't modeling how to be happy here. I am asking, I mean, can you imagine asking your children and to, to be happy, just be happy, but I'm not even modeling or living what I expect of them. And when you have a child that has perfectionism, well, that's, that is not a good plan, right? To put that on her shoulders. So um, when I became responsible for my own happiness and allowed myself to have the permission to even do that, like, okay, wait, I need, I, I have permission to find out what makes me happy and act on it and put, pour all my energy into myself. It's, it's so empowering. And I've now I, I do model how to be happy. Um, another thing I've had to work on Hunter is emotional regulation. Like I ask of my son who struggles 
with emotional dysregulation to regulate yourself. Well, I actually had to learn how to regulate myself. Yeah. It's like, we're, <laughs> we're hypocritical as parents, right? Like that's yes. hypocritical. You be happy so I can be happy, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to do any of the things myself, right? You regulate your emotions. So I don't have to deal with them, but you, you know, so you had to do it yourself. So walk us through that. What did you do to learn how to, you know, what emotions were arising for you and how did you learn to regulate them? Yes, I had, I did everything. I mean, first I had to start with my own therapist. I worked with someone regularly all the time. Um, And I think the big thing for me is just practicing mindfulness, mindfulness every day. I mean, that's a practice being aware, taking pause for me. So much of self-care requires processing my feelings, learning how to feel. I mean, I really still am on this journey of learning, relearning how to feel Mm. so that I can be a better parent um, and, and model that. But I do, I just do a lot of work on myself still. Um, I practice yoga. I meditate. I rest a lot. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of like a one-year-old where I need like a two o'clock nap. I'm not even kidding. Um, cause I have my own autoimmune. So, um, I feel like ultimately where the shift is, is I stopped fixing all of their stuff and took all my energy and put it back in myself. Mm. You know, I'm imagining that for a parent of a, like a neuroatypical kid, a kid yeah. who's struggling with a lot of different challenges, you know, whether it's, you know, I know parents in, in the membership with eight kids with ADHD and all kinds of different kids, RAD, all kinds of stuff. And there's probably, I imagine a tendency for parents to really lose themselves in taking care of their kids because the challenges are so much greater, right? So their kids need Mm -hmm. greater resources. Your kids needed greater resources with all of that happening. And you're saying like, you know, I had to give myself permission to, 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 to take care of myself. How did you, you know, did you, you know, how did you give yourself that permission? I mean, I'm just curious because I know there are parents of kids like that, listening to this and I, who are, feel terrible and feel guilty and, and wouldn't, won't, you know, may not be able to choose yet to give themselves the support they need in the different areas like you talked about. So how did you give yourself that permission? Because I was so desperate to help my children. So when my daughter is, I'm desperate to help my child. I have kids that are sick and clinically depressed. I mean, like diagnosis of mental illness. I, I so badly, I'll do anything to help them. And when they, when the therapist turned it upside down and it was like, then you need to be happy. Well, then I'm going to do it. And that's how I got there because that's how much we love our children, right? That we want to see our children thrive We want to see our children be okay and know that they're going to grow up to be adults that can be okay, right? Then we'll do anything. And when it's, when it comes back to me, then, okay, Liza, then, then you have to be happy. That's what it's going to take. And you have to model this. Then I'm going to do it. So that was the permission slip Mm -hmm. to start working on myself because my daughter told me that that's what it took for her to be happy. You know, this is so amazing because, you know, people ask me all the time, like when they're like joining the mindful parenting membership, like, do you address, like have things for, for kids with special needs, but, and I'm not an expert on kids with special needs at all, but the parents who come in, who have kids with special needs, like everything you're saying is exactly it. You know, this piece about giving giving ourselves permission to, to give these things to ourselves so that we can be that grounded, solid presence to be able to handle all these challenges. Like that's so essential. So even if 
dear listener, you don't have a child with, with the challenges that Liza's kids have. This all applies to you. Maybe at not such an extreme level, but you may be doing the same thing. Like, oh, if only they're, if, if only they're happy, if only everything's just so, then I can be happy. And, and we've got to flip that script no matter 100%. what challenges your, your kid is facing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's inverted. The whole plan is upside down and, um, yeah. And I, and I continue to do this work on myself because I see how it works. You know, if it's working Mm. and my kids are getting better and they're happier and they're healthier and their mindset is I can do it. So I also, I also started when I became more empowered and I started realizing and believing, you know what? My kids are going to be okay. My kids have chronic illness. Um, and I know in my heart that they are going to be okay. And I transmit that to them, sometimes in words, sometimes by action. They believe it too. And that's really what they need. They need for us to be happy and to believe in them, right? And that's really where also, again, all the work is is right here with us. Um, That's where we need to start. Mm, I love that. They need for us to believe in them. They do. And we need to believe in them. Yeah. You have to get to your, get to a place of really knowing. I know it now is a, as a truth that they are going to be just fine. And to do that, you have to be able to see your negative, you know, your natural negativity bias. You need to be able to see the thoughts that you're and and not necessarily believe all them, right? You need all that work that you talked about. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so we want to be able to, to support our kids needs. We have to attend to our needs, right? We need to be doing that. What else, um, you know, for kids with, with big challenges like that, you know, you, you have kids, neuroatypical kids. So like, one of the questions that came up when I said I was talking to you in the Mindful Mama Tribe community was, um, you know, how do how do we help kids like this navigate their social challenges, like this idea of being excluded specifically? Have you have you had come across this challenge, and and how have you navigated it? Yes. Well, I think okay. Yes, I have navigated it, and I'm going to tell you it's painful. And I think the biggest thing that I've had to do is deal with my own pain of watching it unfold. So I have a middle schooler who really struggles with impulsivity and a lot of verbal impulses, okay? So needs to learn how to think before you speak, needs to understand what's socially acceptable. And kind of as you get older, you know, it's different when you're in seventh grade than it was when you were in third grade of what's, you know, socially acceptable. And the gap kind of gets bigger between him and his peers. And we went um, a couple months of, I had recognized that he was being so unkind, um, bullying some friends, teasing them, just being completely inappropriate. And here I am as a parent, right? Of like, you can't do that. But the thing about it is Hunter, seventh grade boys listen to seventh grade boys. (laughs) They don't listen to their parents. And I realized I'm not going to rob him of this experience. Like this, the way he's going is not going to end well but he's not going to listen to me. Mm. So he's going to need the exercise and the natural consequences of how this is going to play out. And I really needed to prepare myself Mm. for what was to come. And that's really hard to do. So I'm kind of a coach, like I'm coaching him from the sidelines. I'm actively watching socially what's happening and I don't like it. And so I'm kind of like throwing out reminders coaching, but, but I'm, I'm still letting it play out. And lo and behold, he was dropped and banished 
And he literally lost, you know, his boys, his friends for a good couple of months and was Mm. very depressed. And it's also a time where he was really going through a hard time of his Lyme treatment, but he made his way. It took like, he was, I would say even a six week depression. It was hard, you know, and we tried to support him and offer as much love as possible. And I told him, just go make it right. You know, send your friend a text, give him a call, get on discord, make it right. Like it just, just, you know, tried to be supportive and he figured it out. And it was such a valuable lesson for him to experience. And that's kind of what we need to do. It's painful, but necessary. That's how he got the lesson on how to be a friend, how to be a friend. And, and, you know, if you, yeah, I mean, that has to happen. Like our kids has have to, to have happen. their failures. Has to happen. And, yeah. you know, if you had, who knows what, you know, would have happened if you had protected, had tried to protect him from that, you know, it probably would have backfired anyway, but right. You know, there's and like, he wouldn't a, have some, listened. No, no, you, but that whole piece about there is a lot of letting go there that I'm hearing is like, you know, you're the supporter, right? You're not Mm -hmm. the one who's solving all his problems. You're the one who's maybe a coach, maybe offering some, some good advice, but you can't, you, you know, you can lead a horse to water. (laughs) Totally. Totally. And I have to tell you, because I don't socially engineer, I mean, I try to, when they were younger, I think it's much easier to do when they're in like second grade, third grade, Mm -hmm. fourth, fourth grade, maybe even he's in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. And when you free yourself from social engineering, you have so much more energy. Mm-hmm. And I take the energy now that I do have, cause I'm not in the weeds anymore. And I use that energy to actively observe and, and be supportive. I think our kids need tools, right. And support, especially tools and resources when they have neurodiversity too. Um, they need a lot of tools, but, but they're going to have to have their experiences, that, those are, that's the best teacher. And so I really use a lot of natural consequences to teach my children. Just let things play out. And, yeah. and that's what, I mean, it's true. Like I was like yelling at my, scaring my tiny child. And that's what this, all this whole thing comes from, you know, is like, that was like the best teacher I could have had. And, and, you know, we need to, you know, I'm kind of hearing from you, like, uh, there's a lot of trust that you had to move towards, right? Like you had to oh, like, yeah. you know, just, uh, you know, rat, it's really a lot of mental, a lot of like your own, you know, inner dialogue. This is like the most important thing here. So rather than following that, 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 um, you know, downward spiral of fear thinking you're interrupting that. And, you know, cause I'm sure it's happening cause you're yeah. normal, right? Like, but, you know, and then, and, and actively flipping that squ- switch uh, script for yourself. Right. A hundred percent. I have dialogue with myself all day long. I I've always done it since I was little. I mean, I had this struggle growing up with my parents, right. That were always trying to control me. And I always, just talked to myself. And so I still continue to do it because I got to, I have to be my biggest cheerleader in then trying to coach my kids. So I'm kind of, I'm always having dialogue with myself even and trusting and talking myself into, yep, that's a good idea, Liza. Yeah. Take that leap of faith. I mean, I'm taking leaps all the time and sometimes I just fall flat on my face and that's okay. I mean, that's how we learn. And, and that is something I need a model to my kids. Like, yeah, sometimes Mm -hmm. mom does crazy things and I have a crazy idea and it doesn't work out. And so what move on? I mean, I don't want them to be afraid of failure or needing them to think that you have to be perfect out of the gates. Like that's, that's how you get better. Right. Is, is through just trial and error. Mm. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Amen, Liza. <laughs> I love it. So let's now we, I know there's some parents of, of kids with challenges um, listening to this episode. 
what are, let's just kind of rapid fire style. What are some of the tools that have helped your kids, whether they're, they're therapies or resources, what are some of the tools and resources that you have found the most helpful or your kids have found the most helpful? Okay. In terms, so I'll try to hit different things when it comes to like anxiety, depression, Mm -hmm. um, you know, both of my kid medication, you know, using, using that and not being afraid. And also, um, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy has done a lot. Um, and I have to say family therapy has Mm -hmm. been a game changer because when your kids are struggling with mental health issues, you don't realize the dance that everybody's involved in, in making accommodations for a particular family member. So family therapy, even if we think it's just therapy for little Johnny over here, but doing family therapy has been huge. Okay, cool. So yeah. Yeah. Medication, cognitive behavioral therapy, family therapy, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anything as far as like, I imagine there's like you're boosting their immune systems and things like oh, that. Yes. What do you, what are, what are you using to do? What, how are you doing that? Yeah. Great question. So really so many of us are depleted in just mm-hmm. vitamins and minerals and there's a lot that we're on, but vitamin D is a yes. big staple in our home. Everybody's on it. And do you know, Hunter, that to properly absorb vitamin D, you need vitamin K mm. and they actually now sell it as a combo vitamin D and vitamin K in one pill. Find it. It's out there. We also, vitamin C is a staple in supporting the immune system and magnesium, magnesium citrate. Are you on that one too? Yeah. I, I got myself on a vitamin D and magnesium. Like I'm like super regular with that all the time now. And I definitely think I have like, even though this winter is way like you know, a hundred times worse than last winter. I'm not as like feeling the seasonal effectiveness as much. It's definitely a mood stabilizer for sure. Yes. A hundred percent. So, um, and then my son does some bees too, but I would say like just on a foundation level, vitamin D with the K vitamin C and magnesium, uh, magnesium also helps you sleep and sleep mm-hmm. is King, mm-hmm. you know, properly sleeping. Um, I recently, I actually just put this out on social media. Um, one of the best things I found for my son, as far as, um, his ADHD is CBD. I bought Mm -hmm. it for his Lyme. It was provided to me, um, by his Lyme psychiatrist. And, um, so I put him on it and what came out of it was it really helps with his ADHD. So, you know, looking into CBD is, um, has been super helpful for us. So the CBD, it's an oil. He puts it under his tongue Mm -hmm. and, um, it just kind of calms everything down. Mm. Um, and I really, it's the whole thing about CBD is making sure you're at the right dosage. And for him, we had to go up, up, we weren't seeing anything and I had to go Mm -hmm. up, 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 up. And when I finally hit that right level, I was like, oh my gosh, this was a game changer for me. Oh, okay, cool. And are you, I imagine like exercise and fresh air and stuff like that. We talked a little bit about being in nature. Are you a little paranoid about taking them out in nature and in the woods and fields and things like that now? I am paranoid. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you are. (laughs) And they keep throwing it back at me. They're like, mom, stop. But no, I know movement is so important. It's hard when my kids have the condition that they do, that they cannot go out there and exercise like a normal person really would exercise. You're, it's, it's always a fine balance, but we do a lot of lymphatic type exercises with rebounding and just walking and fresh air. You know, I'm in Chicago. We're, you know, in a tundra right now, but just walking the dog, like short walking mm-hmm. the dog. Um, is so important, but yeah, fresh air is, is so important and movement and the right type of movement. I mean, everybody should, you know, probably knows the right type of movement for their child. Some people need to like run around and dance. Some people might need more yoga type movement. So I think it's just movement. 
what is lymphatic exercise? Oh gosh. So there's, so your lymphatic system, there's not a pump to get your drainage system moving. You actually have to move it to get Mm. this lymphatic drainage system to move. So my son does rebounding, which it's just like that little trampoline. And so, you know, every hour we'll just do, do a couple of jumps, like jump up to 50. You know, we just have to like stagger it out during the day to get his lymphatic system moving. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot in the Lyme world. (laughs) Well, I'm sure there's so much more that you can offer. So, um, you know, listeners who are struggling with this, definitely go check out Liza's podcast, Very Happy Stories. Uh, this has been really wonderful. I really appreciate you sharing your voice and sharing your story with us. And, um, you know, it's, it's been really an honor and, and, and fascinating to listen. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Such an honor, Hunter. Yay. And where can, uh, so people can go listen to your podcast. Where else can they find out more about you and what you're doing? Sure. Yeah. So on my website, very happy stories. Um, I have some things going on, going on there and some downloads, and then you can also follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. It's very happy stories is the handle. Very happy stories. We're going to look for those (laughs) again. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Wow, what a story, right? Oh, makes me want to really watch out for those ticks. You know, like I said, you know, my father has Lyme disease. Ugh, it's so hard, right? You know, we know the natural world is so healing for us and so important for our, our mental well-being. But gotta be careful, man. But I, I love her story of thriving. If she can do it, you can do it, right? Yes, yes. If she could do it, I could do it. That's why I tell myself. I hope this episode has helped you, is powerful for you. If you liked it, please make sure you, of course, are subscribed and left a rating on wherever you're listening to this podcast so you get each one in your inbox. Have you noticed our new Friday mini episodes? Woot, woot. I hope you like them. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend. Take a screenshot, share it in that text, you know, message group you may have. Share it with your mom, share it with your husband or your partner or your wife or whoever. And that's such a great way to support the podcast. That's how we have grown organically and it's through you. So we need your help to keep doing that and get these messages out to more people. And it really, really matters. So thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to connect with you and I cannot wait to connect with you not only next week, but now on Friday. On Friday, you're going to hear an awesome little mini episode with me. So stay tuned for that. Check your podcast player for that. We're not sending an email about that, but we're going to have it right in your podcast player. It'll pop up. So make sure you're subscribed and I will talk to you then. Thank you so much for listening, my friend. Namaste say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I have this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for community people who get it? who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? 
Hi, I'm Hunter Clarkfields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the wait list, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.